Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, July the 17th, and welcome to our commentary. Just a quick uh, heads up, we recorded today our Week in Review podcast with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. I, I uploaded that uh, interview. It's on the, on the audio side. You can catch it on my blog or you can go to Blog Talk Radio and, and listen to it there. And we talked to, uh, with Bill a great deal about the politics, like we always do, but we also spent a little bit of time talking about the strike, you know, the actors and the writers on strike. Now, Bill has a background in that industry, and, uh, you know, he uh, had a lot of things to say about the state of the industry. You know, I am not an expert on movies, but I can always tell you that I'm not that as entertained as I used to be with respect to movies, it seems like a lot of movies these days seem to be more interested in promoting a political message. And that doesn't work for me. Uh, I prefer to just be entertained. I want to laugh. I want to watch a musical. I want to watch a good story. I don't really want to be preached to about a philosophy or another. And I think that's part of their problem in Hollywood. Now, there's other things too, like streaming, and COVID clearly had an impact on, on, on people going to the movies. I think also the, the fact that you can stay home and watch a movie, I'm sure that's also a factor. There was a time maybe 40 or 50 years ago where going to the movies was the only place you could see something. And that, of course, now you have a lot more, a lot more options and a lot more variety as to what you can or cannot do. But the bottom line is that the industry's in trouble. And, you know, if you listen to the, the head of the industry, I guess the business head of the industry, a fellow by the name of Mr. Diller, I think that's how you pronounce it. I mean, he was basically warning everybody that there could be a catastrophe here very soon if we don't get these, uh, these problems uh, worked out. And again, we went into this a little bit with Bill, and Bill has a lot of experience in this area. And I think you'll enjoy his uh, comments a great deal over on the audio side of our, of our interview. Well, a couple of issues that I want to get into today, and one is uh, the president of Cuba, what they call the president of Cuba, is over uh, at the European Union. He's visiting with countries and so on, and it's really a disgrace. I mean, it's a disgrace for the European Union uh, created by countries who are democratically elected, countries that value human rights, uh, countries who project themselves as promoter and defenders of human rights. It's really a joke, an absolute joke. It's a disgrace. It's an insult uh, to anybody who knows what's happening in Cuba to have the European Union treating this president of Cuba as a visitor from a democratic country, which, of course, he's not. He was an appointed dictator. He was selected by Raul Castro to be the next president of Cuba. And the, the human rights record in Cuba is horrible. The Cuban economy, it's a mess, not because of the embargo, but because socialism doesn't work. Communism doesn't work. And for this guy to get this reception in, in Europe, it's just absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Also, at a time when China and Russia are trying to get into Cuba to take advantage of their, the strategic position of the Cuban island vis-a-vis -vis the United States. I mean, it's an absolute travesty. 
for the European Union to be treating this man as some kind of a democratically elected leader of the new world when he's not. He is a dictator. That's what he is. He's a dictator. And yet uh, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it by the coverage and the way he's being treated. It's just absolutely shocking a disgrace for the European Union to be acting in this fashion. I've got a post over at the American Thinker uh, today uh, talking about this problem between Mexico and the United States. You may be familiar uh, with the fact that Governor Abbott has decided to place these, uh, I, I forgot what they're called, but there's big red things that he's, or orange, uh, they're, they're like big barrels, I guess, uh, and they're orange, and he's placing them on the river so that people don't cross. Now, the governor is doing this because obviously we've got a problem with people crossing the river and coming into Texas. It's not only a problem for Texas, it's a problem for the people who are attempting to swim over the river. It's extremely dangerous uh, to swim that river. And people die. We heard stories about you know, people drowning and people being found, uh, bodies being found, uh, people who tried to, 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 to come over the, the river. So the governor is setting this uh, barrier, if you will, on the river. And then, of course, Mexico is protesting. They say they're going to go uh, to the international courts to seek remedy because they say that Texas is violating, uh, I guess, some treaty between the two countries with respect to the river. Now, I'm, I'm not familiar with all the details of that treaty, and uh, I'm going to try to find me somebody who knows that treaty well, and we'll have a podcast in the future about that. But here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line, and that's what my article today is about. At the same time that Mexico is protesting, having this barrier on the river, the same time that Mexico is protesting this, Mexico is allowing another caravan of about a 1,000 people to cross in from Central America. This caravan is headed to the United States. It's about a 1,000 people who just walked into Mexico, and they're walking up to the border. So on one hand, you've got Mexico saying, hey, you're not living up to your treaty on that river. But then on the, on the other hand, you've got Mexico allowing people to use its territory to come to the United States. What is the government of Texas supposed to do? Now, we know what the government of the United States is not doing. They're not doing anything, basically. They're, they've, I mean, the government, the Joe Biden administration has pretty much forgotten about the border. They don't even know we have a border because uh, look, look at the number of people who are, who are coming in. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous and out of, uh, out of control. But I think Mexico would be in a much stronger position to persuade the governor of Texas if they were taking steps on the other side to keep people from reaching the river and trying to swim over. It's a very dangerous swim to go over that river. It's not, you know, it looks easy on the video or on the photos, but it's not. People actually drown. And then, of course, you have all the other problems of people walking up to the border, human abuse, I mean, children kidnaps and all this kind of stuff, that women being abused and raped and all of that as they, as they come up to the border. So I think Mexico would do itself a big favor if instead of focusing on what our governor is trying to do in self-defense, and that's what that is, the governor is acting in self-defense uh, on the border, I think Mexico would do itself a great favor by helping the United States control the number of caravans who are coming north. That's where the problem is. 
if Mexico were to say tomorrow morning, nobody is entering the country in these caravans anymore, and they could do that by simply sealing uh, the southern border of Mexico, it would be very easy for them to do it. If they were to do that, uh, we wouldn't have to block. We wouldn't have to create a barrier on the river. Mexico would do that with its own policies of not promoting people coming over to the United States. So, you know, I don't know where the legal dispute is going to end up, but I know politically, I know where this is going to end up. I support the governor here. Texas has the right to defend itself. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. You cannot have people swimming over the river like this and risking their own lives because of the fact that Mexico is allowing them to, to come to the border. That That is simply not a manageable situation. By the way, speaking of manageable situation, you should watch that little video that Robert F. Kennedy made when he went down to the border. He basically looked at the border, talked to people, and then made a video saying this is unsustainable. What he watched, what he saw on the border, he called unsustainable. And that's exactly, exactly right. It's unsustainable to have a border situation like that. Well, a couple of things on this day in history that are really fascinating. On this day in 1941, Joe DiMaggio ended his amazing hitting streak of 56 games. If you're a baseball fan, you know what that means. Uh, for somebody to go there for 56 consecutive games and get a base hit. I mean, it is amazing. Number two on the list is Pete Rose, and he only got to 44. And there's a big difference between 44 and 56. But uh, Joe DiMaggio uh, did it back in 1941, and it ended on this day in Cleveland when he couldn't get to 57. You know, if you read anything about that streak and what the country was going through at the time, that was the summer before Pearl Harbor when there were many, many people who thought that we were going to be involved in a war eventually. And that streak by Joe DiMaggio, that daily streak for about three months, basically kept the country distracted from all the problems going on in the world, in the Pacific and in Europe, problems that we eventually got involved into. But at least in the spring and summer of 1941, it was Joe DiMaggio who kept the country distracted from all of that going on around the world. And back on this day in 1980, Ronald Reagan accepted the nomination for president, uh, the GOP nomination for president. You know, I would encourage every GOP candidate, including Mr. Trump, to go back and watch that speech, because that was one of the greatest nomination speeches ever given, where Ronald Reagan really explained to the nation why he wanted to be president. There are similarities between the country in 1980 and the country today. We have a weak president, we have an incompetent president, and Ronald Reagan was able to create the excitement back then and tell people why he was a better alternative than uh, President Carter. And one of the ways he did it, frankly, was by telling people that they could dream big, that the United States was a country of big dreams, not a country of limitations, which was the message that we were getting from from President Carter. So check out that speech. You can go to YouTube and watch it. 1980, uh, President or then candidate Ronald Reagan running for president. It's just an absolutely amazing speech. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everybody. And don't forget to check our interview with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Talk to you later. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.